Everyone in this room is now dumber for having listened to it. I award you no points, and may God have mercy on your soul. Good morning, Vietnam! Welcome to the jungle, baby. Welcome to the jungle. Welcome to Two Dudes Movie Reviews. Mama, the meatloaf! You see what happens, Larry? How to get burned! How to get burned! How to get burned! They've done studies, you know. 60% of the time, it works every time. I am loving this. You are tearing me apart, Lisa! Come with me if you want to live. Gentlemen, you have my curiosity, but now you have my attention. Now, here's your hosts, Sky and Colin. Here's Johnny! Hey, moviegoers! You're listening to Two Dudes Movie Reviews with Sky and Colin. And my daughter lost her fucking head! Ah! (laughs) (laughs) Spoiler alert! (laughs) Yeah, huge spoiler. (laughs) Huge spoiler alert. And my son is Satan. Uh, Whoops. Logan's going to listen to this like 10 years from now. (laughs) What the fuck, Dad? (laughs) What is he talking about? No, he knows I'm Satan. He's not Satan. He's a little Nicky. Oh. <laughs> he's he's got a speech impediment and he's got a hump. Yeah. Dad, can you help me with my math homework? <laughs> Such a young age. Yeah. That's true. Does he have a brother named Cassius? Get in the flash, Cassius. <laughs> I've watched Little Nicky in a long time. Actually, it was on like two weeks ago. Like it was just like on in the background, and I was just like, I should be paying attention to this. I I remember enjoying that movie. My, I remember in like middle school when I saw it. My my favorite part of the movie wasn't even like that funny, but it's just like blatant Popeye's chicken product placement, and the demon says, oh, like, yeah. yeah, he's like Popeye's chicken is the shiznit. <laughs> Like, yeah, so when you're stupid. a kid, you're just like, ah, that's funny. Yeah. <laughs> but then, yeah, you're older, you're like, oh, well, that's cheap. Yeah. <laughs> that's That ain't cool, bro. I, uh, I actually had a dream last night that me and you were like pals with the Sandman. Really? Yeah. I uh, After all the shit we talked, he's actually still cool with us. <laughs> yeah. So like in the dream. That's a good guy. Yeah, yeah, he is a good guy. I mean, we did say that in the Hubie Halloween episode. We're just like, Adam Sandler, like, everyone says he's the man. Like, he's he's the nicest guy. Yeah. Because his movies are just Duke for the most part. Except for I think he Jeff. knows that. He knows. Yeah, he knows. He's very yeah. self-aware. Yeah, I had had this dream, and we were in the dream. We had already interviewed him before because we were, like, pals with him. So we met in person to interview him this time. Oh. And, yeah, and we were, like, hanging out with him and stuff like that. <laughs> and, uh, but the... I don't remember anything that was said, really. Like, I, I actually don't remember anything that was talked about. But the one thing that happened in the dream, and I thought it was so funny in my dream that it actually woke me up, is he went to go shake my hand, and his palms were covered in hair. <laughs> <laughs> From masturbating constantly? I, I don't know, but, like, he, his entire, like, hand looked like just, like, like thick fucking hair and I, oh, <laughs> we had to shake awesome. his hand <laughs> that's amazing 
Yeah, he was. I was just like, I was like, hey, like you know, Adam, like you can come on the show like anytime. Like you're you're, you're a good friend of the pod. And he was like, oh, thanks, man. And he reaches out his hand. And it's just like Bigfoot's hand, basically. <laughs> and you gotta pretend like it's normal. Yeah, I'm just like, oh, <laughs> oh, I don't like this, <laughs> dude. That would be awesome. And then we can like have a cameo in Grown Ups Three. Yeah, where we like go on a slip and slide with David Spade or some shit. Yeah, or maybe like. We're cuddling Rob Schneider in the background of a scene. Yeah, yeah. Just spooning him. Spooning him. Like, I'm big spooning you. No, I'm big spooning Rob Schneider, and Rob Schneider's big spooning you. And we got, like, this triple spoon deal going on. Nice. Making a Schneider sandwich. I want to be the the little spoon to Kevin James. Ooh, Kevin James, I feel like, would be a good spoon. Oh, yeah, he, he would be, he'd be an awesome spoon. He's fucking squishy. I feel like he'd be like an ice cream scooper. Yeah. <laughs> he he has the thing that you squeeze and it just like lifts you out of it. <laughs> yeah, perfect. Yeah, yeah. You get like the perfect scoop. <laughs> Kevin James, the perfect scoop. Exactly. <laughs> I think I sent it to you. There's a meme on there and someone just chopped up the uh, Paul Blart Mall Cop like poster oh, yeah. and, and it and the, they changed the text to Kevin James pats down my cock <laughs> <laughs> and the bottom where like the tagline for the movie would be it's just a bunch of M's so it's just like mm. Mm. yeah I, I saw I think he sent me that on love yeah. it it's so good man I want to know like we should keep an eye out for like when they're filming the next like um Happy Gilmore wait Happy Madison film mm-hmm and we should, like, wherever they're filming it, like, fly there to be extras in it. That way we can say we were in a Happy Madison film. Like, I feel like that would be a really cool goal for us to set, like, personally for the show. To be extras in a movie? That'd be cool. Well, specifically an Adam Sandler movie. Oh, okay. I mean, <laughs> I would love to be start doing extra work for uh, for some movies. I actually looked into that, like, way back. Like, when we did the Dead Don't Die episode, like, after I got out of the theater... And I'm like talking, talking to, um, talking to that guy I met. Shit, I feel so bad. I forgot his name right now. I'm blanking. I'm terrible. I'm dog shit with names, and I, I haven't seen it, him. It was like week weekend at the movies. Yeah, I weekend at the movies. Yeah. yeah, I think it's Tony too. Um, but I feel bad because like, oh shit, I forgot his name. But it's also because I haven't, you know, how often do you get to go to the movie theaters anymore? So like, I haven't seen him and since in a the long time, and since the pan, oh, like a year now. Yeah. So um, that was the first time I met him. And then like one of the other guys he interviewed was actually in the Dead Don't Die as an extra because the Dead Don't Die was filmed like around like Newburgh, New Paltz area. So That's pretty uh, cool, actually. Yeah. So I was uh, like talking to him about it. And I was like, I should look at doing extra work and then I never did. Yeah. Because I wonder, I wonder how much you actually get paid. I think it's I think it's very little unless you have more than two lines. Yeah, it's very little. Yeah. I think there's like a minimum. It's like you maybe get like whatever, a hundred bucks for the whole day. Yeah, something like that. But but you might be there for like ten hours. Yeah. <laughs> yes, but but like they'll feed you. Bucks. They'll give you they'll give you a meal and a hundred bucks. Yeah. They um they want to do a skit a skit about that on Key and Peel where they're like all playing uh zombie extras and mm-hmm. uh and Keegan's like Hey man, like it's your first day. Like, don't worry. Like, follow me. Like, I'll I'll teach you the ropes. He's like, you know, maybe you can get one day get be- like as good as me. And then 
then you'll get the the lunge bump and they're like what's the lunge bump and they're like the lunge bumps when like you lunge at the the star of the show and like that's when you like you get more money and they're like oh cool but then they pick Jordan on his first day of of work and mm-hmm. like so they're like the the way the whole skit is set up is they're like shooting the shot but it keeps getting fucked up but not by Jordan it's by the actor like the director's like I'm not feeling the passion but every time Jordan like lunges out he's like <laughs> he's like zombie (laughs) and they're like i love it yeah (laughs) like you you're great and they're like but you just not feeling the passion i think they actually like get a different like star for this show they kick him off (laughs) as you should yeah that's actually that actually is a great uh segue into not what we're going to talk about right now but teasing something we're going to do at the end of this review Mm -hmm. is we're going to be talking about like modern horror classics and kind of like our top five favorite horror movies from like the last decade. And Jordan Peele's definitely going to be, you know, possibly in that discussion. Cause he, he came out swinging with his directorial debut and then he's got two movies under his belt and they're both considered like really great, like critical successes in horror. So he might, yeah. uh, he might come up, he might come up again later. Mm-hmm. Yeah. We were, we were talking about it. Cause I think a lot of people, when Hereditary came out, they were like throwing around the words like classic and masterpiece and stuff like that. And uh, I think it is like possibly very deserving of that. I don't want to spoil how I feel about the movie, but you know, it's it's a word that could possibly be hyperbole, but I was just like, you know what? Maybe like, it'd be cool to like talk about our favorite ones from the year. Maybe there's some like under the radar ones. Cause best does not mean favorite. Just put that out there. Oh, are we doing best or favorites? Favorite. Oh, okay, cool. Yeah. Good. So that's how like, I did it. Yeah, that's how I did it too. Cause if it was best, then it would be a different different list entirely, probably. But uh And it makes it just... really challenging too. Yeah. Cause there's a lot of movies that are like equally impressive in the craft, but are doing wildly different things. And then it kind of comes down to like what kind of story do you like? Like you know, if you want to talk like this movie and that movie, different directors, they both have great cinematography, but they have very different styles. Mm-hmm. But like one movie's about the occult and the other movie's about like I don't know. Like like um like if you want to use like get out, like it's more like um socio political kind of mm-hmm. feel to it, like um more like a social context where it's like they're very, very different movies. So yeah, it'll be it'll be interesting. I'm excited to talk about that, but you know, there's so much more we got to do before we do all that. We got we're gonna talk about Hereditary, which won our our two dudes movie jerk off bracket months mm-hmm. ago. Yeah, we're, we're, we'll break all that down. I had to like dig up the stats for it last night. I was like, okay, let me see like who won each round. I had to like go back. I was like, yeah, we did this a long time ago. <laughs> yeah, the the answer is you won every round. I got blown out because the Swampies are a bunch of fuckwits who <laughs> never never fucking understand. I'm so misunderstood. I'm such a black sheep, even on my my own fucking podcast. Like the like the what are the odds that uh, on a podcast where there's two hosts you and I, that the audience sides almost 100% with just one of us. Like, how does that make any goddamn sense? How is there not a 50-50 split in our audience? How is there not a Team Sky, Team Colin thing going on with our audience? It's literally everybody's like, I love that show. 
But Colin's the only one who really knows what he's talking about. <laughs> Fuck you guys. Yeah. I was going to say it's, and it's I picked surprising. amazing movies. Yeah, I was going to say Sky's more handsome and and funnier. So oh, well, I don't know about so, that. So, so fuck that Colin clown. <laughs> I don't know about that. My dick is massive, but that's like all I got going for me. But my balls are small. <laughs> <laughs> no, total opposite. Total opposite. I got a... <laughs> I got a marble sitting on two fucking bowling balls. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> yeah. It's like, wow, what is that? Like one of those little... um. Those little wheels of cheese and the red wax. Yeah. It's like those just like on a basketball and a soccer ball. Like even my <laughs> balls aren't the same size. Yeah. It's a mess your, down there, man. <laughs> your balls are so big that it actually makes your dick look like it's the shape of a ball. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's just like that guy's got three balls. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no penis, just three balls. Three balls. <laughs> Don't yeah. you hate it when, when you've only got three balls? Yeah, no dick. Man, what the fuck? What am I doing? What am I doing? I've been working, sound, working my way towards the surgery. That sounds like it would be like some art house horror. Yeah, maybe. <laughs> I mean, we can we can make that movie happen. We got to start making our own movies. That way we won't run out of movies to review. Yeah, that's, yeah, that's the reason. <laughs> Especially given the pandemic because, <laughs> you know, who knows what's coming. I think the only way we know what's coming is if we go to the trailer park. Fuck. <laughs> I love it. The fart, fart button. button. <laughs> and I'm not talking about my asshole, which I also refer to as the fart button. I, uh, I'm i glad, though, that you pressed the fart button because it, may, it might be on brand for this movie. Yeah, usually you ask, like, so what are we talking here today? You have a surprise trailer park for me. I didn't think we were doing a trailer park this episode. Yeah, I wanted to show you this because this trailer came out mm -hmm. and based on our schedule, if we don't do it now, by the time we could get to it, it will be out in theaters and Okay. and I don't want that to happen. Now, me and you see the same exact shit basically online and on our Instagram. So there's a there's a definite possibility that you saw this already because the day it came out people were like Whoa. But uh look at this. Did you hear about the movie called uh Willy's Wonderland? <gasps> yes! Oh, oh my fuck. god! <laughs> yeah, let's fucking talk about this. Oh, I'm so happy. Dude, two Nicolas Cage ridiculous romps in the same year. I'm for it. I am a hundred percent on board. I don't so, even want to talk anymore. Can we watch this? It's so I, cool. I just want to tell you one thing and then we'll watch it. Alright. Fucking I also randomly had a dream about me telling you which movie we're going to do on the trailer park and <laughs> so in, excited to do it's it. so random yeah but in the i was like it's nicholas cage and in the dream you're like okay and i was like he's in a Chuck E. cheese and you're like holy shit <laughs> did i not send this to you no i saw this uh like on on instagram the day it came out and i was like whoa and i, I sent it to my brothers i was like look at this shit <laughs> Did you send it? To, I could have. Somebody sent it to me. I don't know who it was, but like I watched it. It might have been my cousin. Let me see. But some. I know somebody sent me the trailer, and I watched it. And I was like, "Whoa, what the <laughs> fuck? How do I see this immediately? Like, yeah. no waiting, no chill. Just I want it in my fucking veins right now. <laughs> yeah, injected into me. <laughs> yeah, I, I want it like purely in my butt. 
<laughs> yeah. Just, I need this form injected into me solely in a suppository form. <laughs> just straight in the anus. <laughs> yeah, just pill form right up the pooper. <laughs> yeah, into it. All right. <laughs> yeah, it is into it. <laughs> Way into it. As deep into it as you could possibly get. Yeah. All right, you want to check this out? Absolutely. Welcome to Willie's Wonderland. You spend the night cleaning Willie's Wonderland, and I will pay to have your car fixed. Deal? You are officially on staff. Let's get the hell out of here. I can't stand to hear a grown man scream. This place has a dark history. I know the bullshit story they told you. It's a lie. You're here to be a human sacrifice. Have you been listening to a word I've been saying? He's gonna die in here, but he won't listen. You know to he me. was way into this. Oh yeah, strong silent type. <laughs> Love that. <laughs> <laughs> I love that the first thing you hear Nicolas Cage do in this trailer is yell, like a classic yeah. Nicolas Cage yell. We're going to Willie's. He's not trapped in here with them. They're trapped in here with him. Quoting Watchmen now. It's so lame and so cheesy, a line that's been used a million times in a hundred different bullshit movies. But yeah. for some reason here, I'm like, fucking A, right they are. I enjoy a man a few words. <laughs> yes! <laughs> Dude, what's with him? He, he the, the the ending of his trailers is just gold lately. Like, I know, between we, this and we, yeah, fucking... I can, uh, I can fly too. Yeah, <laughs> like quadruple front flip <laughs> into the ground. He doesn't even land it. It looks like, yeah, yeah. This, this is a uh, man. I have no idea what to think about this. It looks like they're, they're very self-aware. Like even like the way the movie starts up, like his character and everything. I think they're, they're totally going for like camp and just like, I think it's gonna be one of those movies that gets the laughs out of the, the blood and the gore and the absurdity. Yeah. I don't know if it's gonna be much more than that, but I think it looks kind of funny. Like, I think it looks like it's it's fucking ridiculous, but it's going to be a good time. Yeah, I'm not expecting, like, a cinematic masterpiece. I'm straight up expecting fucking ridiculous violence and just Nick Cage, Nick Cage and the fuck out of everybody. The, um... It's weird because, um, like, all these movies are basically coming from the popularity of Five Nights at Freddy's. Yeah. And, uh, because... I know this is based on another property, but they spinned it to be like this. Uh, it was the Banana Splits movie came out last year, which yeah, is very similar. I, I liked that, though. It was very campy. It's not a great movie. It's, like, really dog shit acting, but it's ridiculous. That's that's what I think this is going to be. But I was going to say, it's it's weird, though. And it, Maybe it's, it's not weird. It's other companies capitalizing on it. We're getting a Five Nights at Freddy's movie, like, next year. Oh, really? Yeah, so it, Five Nights at Freddy's, the movie, is going to come out. 
two years after all these other movies <laughs> came out that are doing the exact same thing. That, that are actually biting their style. Yeah. But then by the time it comes out, everybody's going to be like, oh, I've seen this movie like a hundred times. <laughs> yeah. They can be like, <laughs> they're just yeah. doing Willy's Wonderland. <laughs> oh, I'm into it though. Like, what a perfect combination type of movie for, we have to do an episode on it. It's Nicolas Cage, who we love talking about on the show. And we haven't done a Nicolas Cage movie on the show, with the exception of Spider-Verse, which doesn't really count. Yeah. And it's basically Chuck E. Cheese. And we how much time have we spent talking about Chuck E. Cheese on this podcast? Too too much. Too, too much. much. <laughs> Probably you can cut together an entire episode of just our Chuck E. Cheese talks. <laughs> Spoiler alert, that might be something I'm working on already. <laughs> like... Um, I've been pulling clips for our anniversary show, and uh, there's a lot of Chuck E. Cheese in here. Yeah, you're fucking telling me. Like, it's taking me forever to get all of the clips together. I'm like, <laughs> this might be like a three-hour episode, and two hours of it is just us talking about Chuck E. Cheese. Yeah. After hearing that, I'm surprised that we had as much growth as we did this year. <laughs> <laughs> I know. <laughs> people, are, people love Chuck E. Cheese. Yeah, no, that's that's really what blew us up. Yeah, but uh, yeah, I mean, I don't, I don't think there's a ton to say here. I knew it was gonna be a pretty quick trailer park, but I, I think it looks like it's gonna be just dumb fun. Uh, yeah, it it comes out in less than three weeks from now. Mm-hmm. So, um, yeah, well, maybe we'll do a, a review on it soon. Yeah, it's coming out just in time for Valentine's Day, so fellas, you know what to do. Yeah. <laughs> make your girlfriend or boyfriend watch this with you. <laughs> that was how they, they uh, marketed Deadpool as a love story. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> but All right. Hey, well, you got anything else? No, let's get out of this trailer part because we, we do have a lot to discuss. We have to go through the bracket, which usually takes some time. And then uh, we got a movie to talk about. So let's fucking hit it. Yeah, so... For those of you who didn't listen to the episode when we drafted our teams, we'll just do that, like go down through that yeah. real quick. So the way we did this, I brought 30 movies to the table, Sky brought 30 movies to the table, and then we each drafted a team of 16 movies. And yep. we never actually like ironed out a grading system, like our point system. We were we were like, should it just be like whoever's movie wins the whole thing is the person that wins, or should it be like you get points for each victory? But like Sky said earlier, after the first round, we were just like, all right, fuck it. We'll, we're just throwing it out the window. But I think yeah. in the future, we do want to do these brackets, these bra like draft-style brackets. And we were thinking if any Swampies want to get involved, we could do like a live draft with us, you know, with a group of Swampies and stuff like that. And that might be cool. And then if one of you guys wins, maybe we, we can send you a free T-shirt or something like that. So if you're interested, definitely hit us up on Instagram and let Hell us yeah. know. But uh, so... The movies that you picked, I'll just go from your one down to your 16 seed. Yep. Uh, Elliot Confidential, Her, Blind Spotting, Snowpiercer, The Nice Guys, Logan Lucky, Drive, Birdman. I'm not saying the subtitle for Birdman. <laughs> uh, Gal Galaxy Quest, Akira, Blade Runner 2049, Annihilation, Upgrade, Old Boy, Prisoners, and The Place Beyond the Pines. Awesome list. Some of my yeah. favorite movies in there. Dude. Well, we'll get to it because, yeah, there was a bunch of movies on yours. Like, I was like, I'm obviously rooting for my movies, but I really hope some of these movies win. 
Dude, I rewatched Prisoners recently and like always blows me away. I fucking love that movie. It's so good. I've been wanting to show that to Brianna like really bad, but it's it's tough with her work schedule to like be like, okay, you just got home after working like 14 hours. Now let's watch this like almost three hour movie. Yeah. So it's long. Yeah. But uh my 16 movies were The Big Sick, Nightcrawler, mm-hmm. Arrival, Whiplash, Revenge, Ex Machina, Skyfall, Mandy, Hereditary, Zodiac. Wreck-It Ralph, Inception, Scott Pilgrim vs. The World, Tropic Thunder, The Revenant, and The Prestige. Mm-hmm. Another good lineup. I actually just watched Scott Pilgrim recently, like a couple weeks ago. Re-watched I actually wanted it. to ask, I think this may have been on the pod, I can't remember, but you watched The Prestige recently too, right? Yeah, for the first time. Yeah. Yeah. Did you like it? Yeah, I really liked it. Nice. I, I don't know how it stacks up compared to a lot of the other Nolan movies. I really enjoyed like the ending and how that whole thing came together. I was like, sweet. I but. think uh, I think it's different from his because his movies are normally very heady and they're movies that you have to think about. This movie is much more uh, like just a really smart narrative. Yeah, it's definitely more character driven than most of his other movies. Like yeah. that's a criticism he receives a lot is that his characters lack depth or mm-hmm. much development. And I feel like this one is like all character. Yeah, like I loved watching Hugh Jackman as like this fucking like ego maniacal like piece of shit mm-hmm. yeah me it's too. just kind of like very different from like what he's used to playing yeah well so that was cool i i've we've talked about it a lot if you haven't seen it go check it out i think it's on is it on hulu yeah I, i'm pretty sure it's on hulu yeah it's, it's on one of them right now but uh the first round we had and the way we did it was we kind of did it like an east and a west bracket and let's just say the west or like the sky bracket that has your one through eight and then it's got my nine through 16. So your high seeds play my low seeds and vice versa. Right. So uh, we had LA confidential going up against the prestige. The prestige won that matchup. So your so your lowest ranked movie versus my highest ranked movie. And I'm already out one. Yeah. Awesome. <laughs> yeah. Uh, the big sick versus the place beyond the pines. The big sick won that one. Cool. Her. <laughs> yeah. Her versus the revenant. The Revenant won that one, so that was your yep. two gone. So now, I, now I lost. I lost three. Well, yeah. Oh yeah, lost, that was my number two. Yeah, that was yeah. your number. You've lost your number one, your number two, and your number sixteen so far. Yep. My number two, Nightcrawler versus your number fifteen, Prisoners. Nightcrawler won that one. Motherfucker, that's four out of four. I've lost now. Yeah. Also, we don't we don't pick the seating of this. We don't like decide. Right. We always just go off of the Rotten Tomato score. And if two movies have the same score, uh, the one that gets a higher seed is the one that has more reviews because it's harder to keep a higher score with more reviews. So these are just how it played out. And the way that this matchup played out, I felt, I felt ashamed. In yeah. Some way. Well, not, not even just played out just like how the, t- it was blind spotting versus Tropic Thunder. I'm like, Oh, okay. We have like a really like smart movie about like, racial injustice and then a movie where Robert Downey Jr. is doing blackface. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Interesting. Like, Jesus Christ. And guess yeah. who won? Tropic Thunder. <laughs> <laughs> so I so I was out another movie. Five for five. Yeah. And then we had Arrival versus Old Boy. Arrival won that one. Which I love Arrival. I actually just got that on 4K. Mm-hmm. But Old Boy's like a top three favorite movie of all time for me. So boom. Six for six. I suck. <laughs> Snowpiercer versus Scott Pilgrim versus the world. Scott Pilgrim ver- uh, won that one. Seven for seven. Yep. 
Snowpiercer, um, one of the most utilized movies in all of our brackets. It pretty much shows up in every bracket. Yeah. Fuck me. <laughs> I and it goes far usually. There's there's a couple surprises in this one. That was one of them because I expected Snowpiercer to go far. Whiplash versus Upgrade. Whiplash won that one. Was that one of mine or was that yours again? No, Whiplash was mine. So eight for eight. Yeah. In a row. In a row, I'm out eight. Yeah. <laughs> Right, right, right. Just That's half of my team immediately. Mm-hmm. The Nice Guys versus Inception. Uh, Inception won that one. That one was yours as well, right? Yeah. Inception was one that I was expecting to win. Like, I had a feeling Inception was going to win the whole thing. Yeah. Revenge versus Annihilation. So Annihilation was yours. That's the winner. My first movie was Revenge to get knocked out. So out of the first 10 matchups, I'm hitting at 10%. One of 10 yeah yeah fuck you guys fuck you fucking swampies you pieces of shit after everything i do for you fucking assholes (laughs) we got some comments too that like someone saw that la confidential was losing to the prestige and they were just like dude just do la confidential they're like just do it anyway yeah we have logan lucky versus wreck it ralph wreck it ralph won that matchup again i lose another one yeah now this one was a i was very happy about this and extremely surprised because the last time we had ex machina on a movie bracket it went all the way to the final Mm -hmm. and in that same bracket blade runner 2049 was in that and blade runner 2049 lost in the first round and so we had ex machina going up against blade runner 2049 and blade runner 2049 won and that mine or yours that was yours okay so uh, that's why I was like, fuck. Because I actually thought Ex Machina could win the whole thing when I picked it. That was one of my early picks. That may have even been my first pick. I think it pick. was your first pick. Yeah. And it lost in the first round. But also, I love Blade Runner 2049. So I was just like, I'm cool with it. Like, if we're yeah. doing a Blade Runner episode, I'm I'm here for it. Um, oh, yeah. So that's Yeah. So that's your second win of the first round. We had Drive versus Zodiac. Zodiac won that one. Skyfall versus Akira. Skyfall won that matchup. That was another one. We got a, a message out, and they're just like, who the fuck is, is voting for Skyfall over Akira? Yeah. And then uh, Birdman versus Hereditary. Hereditary won. And then Mandy versus Galaxy Quest, which get, that was actually the closest matchup of our bracket. Was, wow. Uh, was Mandy versus Galaxy Quest. Mandy won. Mandy won. That was another one of yours, right? Yeah. So, out so of six- 14 out of 16 lost in the first round from my team. Yeah, yeah. I had two movies from move on from the first round. That's why we did we stopped counting points. I was like, there is literally no chance I can win. It is impossible. Yeah, that's why I, I think it might be better when we do this in the future to just have it be like, whoever's movie wins is the winner. Yeah, because a point system could go south. Like like we said, we didn't even establish a point system after that. We we're like, all right, whatever. Yeah. So uh, round two though. So, again, I just kept them in, like, an east and west bracket. So, whichever movies were there, just, like, played high seed, low seed and stuff. So, I have ones against my own movies now. Mm-hmm. The Big Sick versus Annihilation. So, Annihilation's your movie, and Annihilation won. That took out my top seed. Hereditary versus The Prestige. Those are both mine. Hereditary won. Nightcrawler versus Blade Runner 2049. Blade Runner's your movie. That one won. So, both of your movies are still in it. Also, Nightcrawler was another one that I picked that I was like, I think Nightcrawler could win the whole thing. So yeah. people really like that movie. I like that movie a lot too. Me too. After this matchup though, I was like getting kind of excited. I was like, Blade Runner 2049 might win the whole thing. Like I was like 
I thought that's what was going to happen. I was like, I lose all of my movies in the first round, but I was like, one of my movies might actually take the whole thing home, yeah. which would be insane. Like the, uh, that comeback, I was like mm-hmm. rooting for my, I mean, I was always rooting for myself, but like the comeback <laughs> story, I thought it would have been so cool. Yeah. I, and again, like that's one of my favorite movies. So I was just like, yeah, I'm here for, I'm here for, I was kind of rooting for you too. Yeah. Uh, Zodiac versus the Revenant Zodiac one. Arrival vs. Mandy, Arrival 1, Wreck-It Ralph vs. Tropic Thunder. Wreck-It Ralph won that one. I was very surprised by that. Yeah, me too. Uh, Whiplash vs. Skyfall, Whiplash 1. And then Inception vs. Scott Pilgrim, Inception 1. Yep. So at that point, I was I was thinking, I'm like, I thought it was going to be either Inception or Blade Runner. I thought those yeah. were going to be the two. Arrival versus Annihilation. Arrival one, so that knocked out one of your movies. So which now, I was actually okay with because I I would prefer Arrival over Annihilation. Yeah, I think I would too. I think Arrival's. There's a lot to talk about with both of those movies, but I think Arrival's just really different. Like, yeah, there's there's some things with Annihilation that are like kind of like tropey in terms of like like horror sci-fi and stuff mm-hmm. arrival is so different it's really just a movie about language which is really cool yeah hereditary versus inception hereditary one so was, i was like, kind of uh, surprised by that i didn't me- think hereditary had the draw maybe with our audience it does but i didn't think it had the draw to take on such a blockbuster film like inception mm-hmm. yeah because people was- really like highly regard that movie yeah, I was a little bit surprised too. Like, I know like a lot of people really like Hereditary, but I also know that there is a lot of people who hate the ending of Hereditary. So, yeah, but yeah, Hereditary won, and then Whiplash versus Blade Runner twenty forty nine. Blade Runner twenty forty nine won that round, and Zodiac versus Wreck It Ralph. Zodiac won. So now we're down to the final four. I've got three. You've got one. Arrival versus Blade Runner. Arrival won that one, and then couldn't Hereditary. believe it. Yeah, I know. I, I, that was pretty close too, I think. And, yeah. uh, and Arrival just squeaked it out. But, uh, I don't, I think, I didn't think that many people knew about Arrival. Arrival was nominated for Best Picture. So maybe, but I also, I tell people about Arrival and a lot of people haven't watched it. So yeah, that's what the same thing. I didn't catch it until like four years after it came out. Mm hmm. So. I don't know. Also, I mean, Amy Adams is, is huge, but like Jeremy Renner is not like the biggest draw. But right. like but like Ryan Gosling and Harrison Ford are like huge draws. And yeah. I, I know I know Blade Runner 2049 also didn't do well at the box office, but I don't know. I feel like I feel like there's just a little bit bigger market for that too. So I, I was a little bit surprised that uh that Blade Runner I also out of those two, I would have preferred to have done a Blade Runner episode. I just think there's more to talk about. Hereditary versus Zodiac, Hereditary won. And then in the final, we had Arrival versus Hereditary, and Hereditary won the whole thing. Yes, so it did. Yeah. This this bracket, I mean, we set it up like this, but all the movies were, like, really high, like Rotten Tomatoes scores for the most part, and a number nine seed won the whole thing. So, yeah. Which is, which is kind of cool. I was... I think Home Alone was the lowest seed that we've ever had win a bracket because it's got a shitty Rotten Tomato score. Yeah. But still, like, most of, the, most of the time we do these brackets, it's, like, at worst, like, a four seed wins or something like that. So it was kind of cool to see a movie, like, in the middle of the pack win it. Yeah. And um, I'm happy to talk about it. Uh, it's a movie we've kind of touched on in the past, like, when we did our Midsummer review. Mm-hmm. 
because uh, obviously, like, when you have a director who only has, like, two feature-length films out, like, that's fucking just crazy, like, redefining a genre, which we'll we'll talk all about. Uh, how do you not? How do you not discuss the first one when you're talking about the second one? So yeah. now we'll have, like, a complete collection. You can listen to the Midsummer and Hereditary episode. Like, we're just reviewing all of Ari Aster shit. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I want him on the podcast. I would I would love to talk to him. Yeah. Same. Everybody start tweeting at him and tell him to come on the show. They should. Be like, well, I need to get on here. Yeah. They, they seem like a big deal. <laughs> yeah. I gotta but, get on their futon. Yeah. Yeah. I remember when this movie was coming out, um, where I was working, my two friends there, they they were really into horror movies. And I think I've said this on the show, but like horror is not really like my genre. I've actually, mm-hmm. like, came pretty late to the genre because all throughout, like, elementary school, middle school, and even, like, some of high school, I was, like, definitely a puss. <laughs> I was just like, I, was, like, I don't want to watch that. Yeah. It's but scary. then, like, yeah, yeah, I don't want to be scared. But then I started watching, like, more movies, and I think eventually, because I think when you're younger, you just watch scary movies, and you see the jump scares, and you're like, oh, that was, like, fun or scary, but you don't actually, like, think about it, but... I think at some point I would like thought about like, why do I like alien so much? And then I like actually thought about it. And I was like, Oh, because like it's actually, there's a lot more to the movie without the the horror dynamic to it. Yeah. I remember the, the kids that were where I was working with, they were really into horror movies and they, they showed me this trailer cause I hadn't seen it yet. And they were like, dude, like this looks fucking awesome. And Ari Aster hadn't done a, a feature length film yet he you know he wasn't a name he had only done shorts the one that everyone talks about is the the strange thing about the johnson's this is everyone's favorite which i think is his first short because it came out in 2011 Hmm. but uh um yeah everyone was just like dude this movie looks awesome because it doesn't really give you the trailer doesn't give you a lot about the the plot but what it does give you is like this movie shot fucking amazing so people were pretty hyped about it and then I was late to seeing it. Like I saw it maybe like two weeks after it came out, but I had already been seeing things online that were basically just like, this thing is like going to fuck you up and this and that. And I was like, Oh shit. <laughs> like <laughs> I'm kind of worried. I went and saw it by myself and like sat in like the back of the theater, but <laughs> we'll get yeah. to all that. But yeah, Ari Aster, he's the director and the writer. And when he made this, he was pretty much not a name. And then basically after this movie, people were like, Oh, yeah, it's now it's like Ari Aster and Jordan Peele and like Robert Eggers show in terms of like new horror directors that are like killing it. Tony Collette, she's the main character. She plays Annie. Uh, Millie Shapiro, she plays Charlie. Gabriel Byrne, he plays Steve. Alex Wolf, he plays Peter. And Anne Dowd, she plays Joan. Those are really the the five like I guess main characters in the in the movie. Mm-hmm. But yeah, man, let's just let's just get into it. I don't even know where you want to start. Honestly, the first note because obviously like I've I've watched this movie before. So there wasn't, like, questions I had that were necessarily, like, like, whoa, like, this is cool. Like, i never seen this and, like, blah, blah, blah. Uh, the first thing I wrote down, because, like, like a, a dynamic of the movie is that Tony Collette, like, makes these, like, dioramas and everything. And, like, the that opening shot is fucking beautiful. Like, the cinematography in this movie is fucking amazing. Like, the, the tricks that he does with the cameras, the way that he transitions is just, like, second to none. So, like... I guess that goes to the editing as well. Like we talked about that with Midsummer, like the scene when the camera flips over the door frame when she's locked in the bathroom and now she's in the, the airplane bathroom and then she comes back out. Just genius stuff like that. You see that immediately with this movie with the zoom in on the diorama of the house, but then like it moves close in 
on the room and then like the father walks into the room and like now you're actually in the house mm-hmm. and then that made me think since they built the diorama of the house I'm, and I don't know if you know this I could have googled it but I felt like you know why google it let's save it for the podcast was the house built for this movie kind of like what they do with Parasite mm, I don't know yeah I'd, I'd yeah. be interested to find that out because it seems like it's a, a thing they would do, but at the same time, with it being a first-time director, with it being an independent studio, A24, who we jerk off to so hard, uh, I don't know if they would have put that in the budget to like build a house like that, especially of that size. But it seems like the house is such a centerpiece and is very much a character in the movie itself, especially like also the way like the dioramas are shown and everything like that. It almost seems like they could have designed the house specifically for this movie. Yeah, so I actually just looked it up because um, we have technology. And uh, <laughs> because I was curious, uh, the exterior of the house, uh, mm-hmm. any shots from outdoor, that's that's just a regular house uh, in Salt Lake City. But okay. every every interior shot was built on a soundstage. Okay, that makes sense. Yeah. That's so, really cool. There you go. Yeah. I was also going to say, because that's one of my... That's one of the early notes on the movie, and I had already talked about it a little bit, but the cinematography on this movie is so elevated compared to most horror movies. Oh, yeah. I say most, but honestly, like, most is, like, 99% of them. Like, there's very few. I remember seeing this movie and thinking at the time, like, I've seen some really beautiful-looking movies this year. That, it was 2018 that this came out, and I was like, I, I think this is my favorite. Like, I... I don't think this was nominated for cinematography, but I think it was my favorite cinematography of that year. Yeah. And I just, I just loved it. And it's not even just like the way like the camera moves in through like the dollhouses and stuff. That's all great. But like the use of shots, like knowing when to use specific shots is, is uh like huge in this movie. Cause, yeah. and on top of that, uh, like lighting of scenes because they light scenes in a specific way. And, this is why the movie's not a jump scare movie, but some no. of the scares in the movie are where it's like a really dark scene, but they're giving you like a wide shot and like you see the whole room and like you're just watching it. And then all of a sudden, like your eyes like adjust a little bit and then you start to see possibly something in like the corner of the yeah. room. And you're like, like, you don't know if it's actually there or if it's not. And mm-hmm. uh, it, sometimes it's not. Sometimes it actually is, but like, you your body tenses up because you're just like what the fuck is that and like sometimes it's it's hidden in plain sight and then other times there's yeah. actually nothing there but it's masterful fucking use of lighting and scene composition and like camera movement through throughout the the uh the scenes and yeah i just i fucking blow my load to the cinematography in this movie all day it's such a good looking movie yeah dude it's amazing and some of that you can say is like homage kind of like John Carpenter. Cause he definitely does that with Halloween. Like there's those scenes, but then they always like make it obvious that he's there. Like eventually in the scene, it'll make it obvious that he's there. But I, I like, I love like what you're saying and how it wasn't utilized as like a jump scare. It is more subdued and stuff. And we know when we talked about midsummer that he does it in there, which is a little bit trickier cause it's in broad daylight, but the way he like superimposes images in the trees and stuff like it's just the mind that you have to have to like not only know how to do that, but to like to think to do that, to like plan that. Like that's not something I can imagine 
they just were like on the day and you're like, you know, it'd be cool. Like if we did this, like I guarantee you that's <laughs> something that was put in the script that was always intended. Like mm-hmm. uh, a 24 released the screenplay for this in the book format. Like the, which one that you got for me. Yeah. I would love to read through that and see the direction that is direct, like purposefully put in the script and how those types of scenes are described. Mm-hmm. Cause that's one of the things that I love about reading the witch screenplay is, there's all of this like subtle nuance in that movie as well that and that movie's very silent. Like there's a lot of like long periods, it's a very slow burn uh where there's no dialogue, but then there'll be like these full pages of like the ways that that Robert Eggers is describing it, the scene to play out and I'm just like holy shit, like that's exactly the feeling that you get when you're watching it. I would love to read the screenplay for Hereditary and see how Ari Aster mapped out those scenes specifically and how he always intended the feeling to be mm-hmm. like that's that's just like super interesting to me like yeah this is like one of the reasons why i was super excited to talk about this movie because just like the depth of this movie is so far beyond just like what's scary about it it's some like really impressive writing and just the camera works phenomenal like for a directorial debut like i don't know if i've been this impressed with any director ever for their first movie yeah everything on this movie is really firing on all cylinders because you cinematography lighting um the writing of the characters uh the dialogue uh also i mean we haven't really even talked the acting like that's another thing horror movies typically have kind of like shoddy like acting it the acting is is fucking amazing tony collette is electric it's in it's oh embarrassing that she wasn't even nominated uh, Dude, I almost bought a shirt the other day. I saw it on Instagram. This company makes it. And all it is is a black T-shirt. And in, like, white text, it says, uh, and the award for best actress goes to dot, dot, dot. And it says, Tony Collette for Hereditary. Yeah. <laughs> and it's like, obviously, that didn't happen, but that's what it should have been. And, I'm like, I really want to order that T-shirt. It's so simple, but I'm like, fuck it. Like, not, not she should have been nominated. She should have won. I don't know if I've ever seen a more powerful performance, especially of such like a dark context, like between the morning scene, like after, after they find the daughters, obviously this is spoilers for everything, but the movie's been out for like three or four years. Mm -hmm. But the scene when like she finds the daughter and like, they don't even show her finding her. You just hear the screaming. And then like the way, and the way that camera moves, like it's out outside of the room, like in the hallway looking in, it almost feels like we shouldn't be witnessing this horrible intimate moment mm-hmm. but like her pain her agony in that scene is insane and then the um the scene where she's her and the son are arguing at the dinner table That's and she just the best part of the whole movie it's fucking amazing like she is she is like one of the best actresses like working right now i love her like she's a huge selling factor for anything going forward especially in a dramatic role like hands down no no other if male and female categories were combined for best actor, I think she she would have beat everybody that year. She deserved all of the Oscars. Yeah, she was my favorite performance that year, and she wasn't nominated. So I remember. I think I remember who won that year. Somebody um, not worthy of it. <laughs> undeserving. No matter who it was, like they just nobody was as good as she was in this movie. Yeah, I'm trying to trying to remember now because it's, it's bothering me. Because I remember the movies that came out that year. This is 2017, um, right? 2000. The movie came out in 2018. Oh, right, right. Because this is one of the Blu-rays you lent me 
for so I got to watch it for our first duties, and this was like ranked high up there for me for 2018. Yeah, yeah. Um, Olivia Coleman won for the favorite, and did, oh come on, I did I did not agree with that at all. Not to say that her performance was bad or anything, and I I really like her, but uh, the one I don't think she's the main character in that movie. I'll just say that <laughs> she I don't think she was the lead actress. I think Emma Emma Stone was the lead actress in that movie, so I thought that yeah. was bullshit. But uh, yeah, I don't, it just it bothered me. I I think. It, after that point, I was rooting for Lady Gaga for Star Is Born, and she didn't win, obviously. But anyway, yeah. um, yeah, no, the the acting is is amazing. You talked about the dinner table scene; that's my favorite scene in the whole movie. Mm-hmm. It's one of my favorite scenes, probably in the last like five years, honestly, something like that. Like, yeah, I'd have, I'd have to really think about it. It's just so intense, and her her character, and you find out throughout like the the movie her backstory and everything like that. But her character is already steeped in tragedy basically like her whole like life is bad shit has happened her entire life and then like the events that happen in the movie she's basically like at like a heightened state of just like hysteria but she never she never crosses the line where it gets over the top like the whole movie always feels very raw and uh and that's what I love about it is because someone who's not as good as Tony Collette probably would have made this movie like fucking comical with like just overacting and yeah. uh, and she nails it in the movie. I wanted to talk about this, though, because I kind of mentioned it at the beginning. It For me personally, I feel like a horror movie. I think I said this a few episodes ago, actually, but a horror movie needs to be more than a horror movie, if that makes sense. Like, yeah, I. I always think about it. I'm like, if you take the horror dynamic out of, of the movie, is the movie still good? Because then it's relying mainly on its characters and its story. And mm-hmm. if you take the horror out of this movie, it's still a very powerful and terrible, really, like family drama. Very basically. tragic. Yeah, very tragic family drama. Um, and, it, you know, it still obviously has all the amazing acting. Uh, you know, all the emotion behind it, everything. And if you took out the supernatural aspects of this movie, I would still fucking love it. And yeah. uh, I think that's like, obviously it's by, it's by design and stuff like that. But I think that's also Ari Aster knows like horror movies don't have to be fucking like monsters and jump scares and shit like that. Like, I think he, he realizes that and he's done it with Midsummer too. Like, the scariest things for people are what we can actually comprehend and like what emotion stays with you longer than any other emotion. It's grief. And that's yeah. basically what his two movies are about. It's about, it's about coping with grief and basically, and you know, that, that's, you mentioned the scene with her in the hallway, the scariest moments of this movie for me are the tragedy of it. And, yeah. uh, and that's, I mean, that's, it's, I heard people saying it was the scariest movie ever. And I think a lot of people fixate on like the piano wire scene or like mm-hmm. the part where she's uh, like on basically the ceiling banging her head and stuff. But for me, it's like her crying in the room and like the dinner table scene and when they choose to show something like, cause like the scene where the girl's head spoiler gets cut off Mm-hmm. It's it's not them. I mean, 
them showing the head eventually on the road is disturbing, but the scene with the son just sitting there and he's too afraid to even look in the back seat and it's just him staring. Yeah. Crazy shit. Crushing, dude. Yeah, like it's genius. Like like you said, he's playing off of the human elements of horror. The scariest things are the things that we know we actually have to deal with throughout our life eventually. Maybe not to the extent of this kind of tragedy. But yeah, I would say, and this isn't like, it's hard because I wouldn't really call it a negative, but I'd say I'm less interested in the the more mystical side of this movie. I'm less interested in the, the occult factor of this movie, which is crazy because I do like a lot of that stuff and like, like that's like a kind of style I actually really like in horror, like when it has to deal with like cults and things like that. But for this movie, like I was so captivated by the family dynamic and the tragedy and the trauma. And I feel like there's like a lot in there that I could like kind of relate to. And I thought it was just like, it was so good that the more supernatural stuff kind of takes a back seat for me. Like I feel like um, it's not, I mean, I guess it's necessary in the grand scheme of the movie because obviously, like, how the ending plays out. But like you said, not a lot of people love the ending. Mm-hmm. But, uh, but yeah, like, I'd, I'd say, like, I'm less interested in that supernatural side, which is crazy because going into it, like, that's almost what I would expect to be my favorite thing. But the acting, the, the just the way the story is told is so well done that I was actually more captivated by the real-life aspects of this movie. Yeah. I only have one negative on the movie, and and it's what you were just talking about. It's... It's the ending, and it's not even how the movie ends, because I can get behind uh, a movie where things don't work out. I actually think the ending of this movie is kind of similar to The Witch, and that yeah. it's like the one remaining family member ends up being with, you know, whatever evil. The evil entity, yeah. Yeah. Granted, in this movie, the kid is not the kid anymore. <laughs> he's, he's, he's possessed or whatever. But, right. uh it, it it reminds me a little bit. I'm I'm totally fine with an ending that's that's not happy like that. Like it doesn't bother me. Yeah. For me, like everything in the third act happens very quickly to set up that yeah. cult, and um because the the movie definitely subverts your expectations throughout the whole journey of the movie, which I really appreciate. Because the first act it definitely seems like, oh, it's gonna be a creepy daughter type movie, and she maybe she gets possessed and she's you know, doing shit yeah. around the house. And then like, nope, never mind. She doesn't have a head. Okay. And then like, <laughs> yeah, so now where does it go? Yeah. And then the second half of the, or, you know, the second act becomes, uh, almost kind of like, how, how do you cope with your grief? And like, can they possibly bring this girl back? And I'm thinking they're going to bring her back, but then it's going to be like a poltergeist situation or something like, like they're going to bring something back like in the house. That's not, yeah. That's not supposed to be there. And then the third act is completely different. So I definitely appreciate that it subverts your expectations throughout the whole movie. Like I was surprised constantly throughout the movie on, you know, the first viewing. But the thing with the third act is just that they don't set up enough red herrings throughout the movie. Or I don't even know if it's there's not enough like symbolism or uh, like hints at what could be going on throughout the movie. It seems like the third act comes along and then they just info dump on you and they're just like oh yeah here's this thing in the attic oh the body's up there headless oh yeah and everything happens in the span of like 10 minutes and uh yeah and it's just kind of like it happens so quick that when the movie ends you're almost just like what the what the fuck happened there and i mean i've watched this movie four or five times now and knowing the outcome like it doesn't bother me but on a first viewing 
I feel like it's very jarring. And given the disturbing nature of the movie, I don't know how many people went back and watched it a second time. I mean, I have. I've watched it, I think, now three times. Yeah. I mean, I've, I watched it a bunch of, like I said, but I think if you watched it and you were like, oh, I didn't like the ending, blah, blah, blah. Like, you just, you didn't like it. Like, I have a feeling there's a lot of people that watched it and expected jump scares, didn't like the ending, and never watched it a second time. And that was the end of that. Like, because we'll get to Tomato Tomato, but the critic score and the audience score is pretty different. Yeah, well, I mean, I don't know how much more you have on on the movie. I actually don't have too many notes. I will, I will say, I feel so bad for the father in this because like everyone oh, in yeah. his house is a fucking psycho. Yeah, <laughs> and he's just trying to deal with like he's also dealing with the same grief, and he's just trying to get through it. And then it's just like, nope, everything's fucked for you, pal. Yeah, yeah, basically, yeah. <laughs> I I I felt the same way. I was just like, this guy didn't do anything, man, and. uh I don't know. I, I felt so bad for him. Even like the dinner table scene, he's just sitting there just trying to eat his dinner and he's just like, God damn it. <laughs> yeah, no, I mean, I I just love the characters in it and there are moments in this movie that are very, really exposition heavy, I guess. Like there, there's, uh, she's going to like, I think they're AA meetings, right? Yeah. Or, 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 or no, the grief counseling, grief counseling yeah. movies. Yeah. Or, I mean, meetings. And during those scenes, she like definitely like gives her whole backstory but the way the characters are set up and the way they act and stuff, it didn't bother me at all because I wanted to learn more about them and I was enjoying it so much. And that's that's the one thing, like, when the mom does the seance or whatever and the candles start lighting and shit, I remember getting so happy for her because I was just like, like, I really wanted her to win one. And again, like, I think another kind of trope in horror movies is that your characters are dispens- dispendable. And I really didn't feel that with at all with this movie. Like, like everyone brings something to the table. I felt bad for the son. I felt awful for the mom. Um, and then the dad, like when he goes, it's like he didn't deserve that. But really, like Tony Collette's character, like I really wanted her to win one in this movie, and yeah, no, she doesn't. So like again, just like really good characterization in the movie overall. Like, I fuck if you if you couldn't tell already, I fucking love this movie. Yeah, same. I mean, we've yeah. been. We've been busting nuts left and right here, man. Like I was, like you said, super excited to talk about it. Like in terms of like the, um, the ending, like watching it this second time, I think I was more accepting of it cause I knew what was coming. But at the same time, like, like I said, it's still, I think the weakest element of the movie. Mm-hmm. It definitely like leaves you kind of like, huh? At the end, but I'm, I'm also okay with that. And you know how I feel. I fucking love a movie with a sh- shitty ending not like yeah. like it's a bad badly executed ending i mean like everybody feels <laughs> shitty at the end of it like yeah. no there is no positive to take from it it's like oh everything bad happened like i the love end. that yeah, <laughs> yeah the end fuck off like i just rewatched good time like two nights ago and i was like hell yeah yeah that's another one where it's like well what happened to everybody and it's like well yeah literally everybody's in a worse spot except for many safety yeah <laughs> But even that's not like a desirable situation. Situation for him, yeah. Yeah, man. I don't I don't really have anything left on this. This is actually a movie because I have a few friends that really like horror movies, but the ones that they typically enjoy are more like jump scary ones. Yeah. And uh actually my friend uh Christina, who was in college with me, she's really into horror movies. And we went and saw this movie together 
and it was my second time seeing it in the theater. But I, but she really likes horror movies, and I like really wanted her to see this because I was just like, this movie's like hella ele- like this movie like makes other movies look really bad. <laughs> yeah, really like when does. you see how good horror movies could actually be, and on a on previous like viewings. I know when things happen. I know, I, like, I knew when things were in the corner of the screen. I knew when that the girl's head was going to fucking get knocked off and all that. Yeah. So, like, I almost, on second viewings or subsequent viewings, like, just pay attention to other people's reactions now. Oh, hell yeah. I remember when I watched this with my brothers, when her head hit that pole, and, like, the movie, like, cuts all sound out once that once once our head hits that pole. So, like, the movie yeah, gets... brilliant. The room gets silent, but I think it was Ryan just goes, Oh, my God! <laughs> and and then it was... And then it's silence, and then you hear me, like, like, like chuckling under my... Like, <laughs> everyone's just like, What the fuck's wrong with you, you sicko? <laughs> like, yeah, you're cracking up. Yeah. But then, like, again, like, I just... I love watching it with people who haven't seen it before. You know, the, when she's kind of like in the corner of the room or when uh, she shuts the the light off in the beginning of the room and it looks like the grandma might be in the back. Like people like I you can hear everyone in the room tense up. They're just like, what the fuck is that? And uh, so I I actually really like watching it with people who maybe don't enjoy this type of horror because they want to expect it. They don't. Ex- yeah, they don't expect it. Like this movie is is. I, like I think, obviously, way more effective than a movie like uh, I don't know, like Annabelle or some shit like that. Like, yeah, so so good, so good, man. Awesome, dude. Well, I'm excited for this part because I'm interested to see what the difference here is. But hit me with some tomato tomatoes. Tomato tomato. The critics they are bringing this in at 89 percent. Oh wow. Okay, so B plus. B plus. Yeah. Tomato. The audience. 67%. Wrong. Fucking wrong. You're a bunch of idiots. Yeah. Uncultured swine. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I'm going to say tomato. Mm-hmm. And I'm going to bump that grade up a couple notches. I'm going with an A. Oh, nice. Well, your boy's right there with you because I gave it tomato and I went A as well. Because it's the only correct answer. Fuck you guys. Yeah. I and I've said this a few times on the show as well. Cause people, I think a lot of people actually like midsummer better than this movie. And I think it's easier to swallow. And I think the ending is better. The ending is cathartic. That's, that's the only reason like I, yeah. I like midsummer, but I've watched them like both like pretty recently. And the majority of, um, midsummer is not nearly as compelling as this movie is. And yes, also agreed. I don't, and I also don't, get into the characters like i fucking hate the boyfriend like I, I really like care about florence Pugh's character but she has problems like too that like kind of like what are you doing and and then everyone else in that movie is dispendable like there there's not as much to the characters in that movie than there is in this movie and yeah. uh the whole it, i always i thought about it and i was just like people like midsummer better because like you said it's just a more digestible ending for them it's cathartic you have like Oh, your character got one. You could feel good leaving it. But personally, like, I think I gave Midsummer an A minus or a B plus when we reviewed it. But I don't think they're close at all. Like, I I think this movie is significantly better than Midsummer. Yeah, I think we've talked about this before, and maybe we'll get into it now because we're gonna give our our like top five of the decade for like horror movies. Yeah, and um, 
I feel like because Ari Aster, Jordan Peele, and uh, Robert Eggers all have like, they're all guys who are like fairly like new on the scene, making these horror movies that are kind of subverting expectations of the genre and doing very elevated films Mm -hmm. and just really putting their own stamp. And uh, like I said, they're all two movies deep. They all came out in the, like in the same fucking year, like both of their movies, like they're all releasing movies hot on the heels of each other. And they're all doing something wildly different from each other and wildly different from every other horror movie you've ever seen. Like you're not just getting some cookie cutter bullshit. Like they all have their own style, but I feel like, and we've talked about this with like the Safdie brothers too, also two uh, big films and two major films in, and it's kind of hard to decide. Like, like, I think good time and uncut gems are like very close. I like, I don't think I can pick a favorite, mm-hmm. but I feel like Ferrari Aster, I think it's obvious which one, is it's more obvious it's or at least it's easier to pick a favorite because they do such different things from each other so even if you think midsummer is better i think it's easier for you to decide that for yourself yeah I but you're that. wrong cuz cuz hereditary is better but yeah i was going to the same thing i think applies to to jordan peele's two movies too like yeah i think us I could see why someone would like it more because it's more straightforward. It's more straightforward. It's more of a horror film, but also there's a lot of layers to it. But Mm -hmm. I think get out is significantly better though. Like I think get out as a movie is just, is also significantly better than us. Yeah. So again, this, these aren't the best. These are our favorites. And I'm really curious. I'm really curious about your list though, because like I said earlier, Horror is not like my genre. I didn't even really start getting into it until about the last 10 years or whatever. And yeah. still then there's other genres that I prefer. So yeah, I'm, I'm curious. I'm curious what you think. I actually did. I did a couple movies as just like honorable mentions and they're only honorable mentions because people were saying they count as horror. I don't really know. But if that, if people say they're horror, then maybe they would have made it into a top five. But I was just like, I'll put these on here because I really like them. But I don't know if they're like actually like, legit horror films so yeah i i mean i can probably give like a couple so like one of my honorable mentions would be the lighthouse the only reason i don't include it is because i don't consider it a horror movie even though it's like one of the like top two three genres that's listed for it it's like Mm -hmm. i don't feel i don't feel like it's really a horror movie i'd say like maybe like psychological thriller suspense drama type deal going on yeah it obviously has like the folklore type shit going on with it too but like i don't know in terms of like a horror movie it's not like what i picture like for a horror movie but i fucking love that movie otherwise like that movie would be like possibly like my number one like i fucking love the lighthouse but i didn't include it in this because i felt like it wasn't too closely a horror movie yeah same i have green room as a honorable mention yeah fucking love green room but Green Room, I feel like, is more of like a like a action thriller type kind yeah, of. Like suspense thriller yeah. type deal. And like I, I guess like anything that's horrible in it is mainly imagery because there's some gnarly imagery in it, but I don't I don't consider it a horror movie. Right. And then same thing with, with uh Hounds of Love. Like Hounds of Love I've got on there, but I, I feel like that's more of a thriller as well. And uh so I, I didn't put that on there either. But um yeah, you, you wanna just get into this? Yeah, sure. You want me to go first? Um, 
Where, you what do we go do? first? I think I'll you go usually first. go first on lists. All right, I'll go for I'll go first. My number five is a definitely a smaller movie. I don't know how many people have watched it. I've put it on a recommend though. My number five is The Devil's Candy. And okay, yeah, you've told me to watch this. I haven't gotten to check it out yet. Yeah, it. I think it hits me way harder, and I think it would hit you way harder also because, um, very heavy kind of like hardcore punk metal vibe mm-hmm. to it. And also the main character is also like an artist. So it's like like an artist who like listens to like like heavier music and stuff like that. And like a lot of the music in the movie is is similar to like that. It just it just has that aesthetic. Um so for me, I remember watching and I was just like, I'm like really like like I'm vibing with this. <laughs> like I re- I really like it. But uh yeah, the devil's candy. A lot of people haven't seen it. Definitely definitely check it out. Hell yeah. So my list my number five is like definitively my number five on the list. And then four through one, it's a mixed bag. They're all tied for number one. Okay. But my number five, it's um it's a movie I only just saw recently, but like it really like resonated with me and I thought it was really cool. It did things to subvert expectations of the genre and especially a genre that's been overdone in the last like 10 years. Uh, it, I thought it was really cool to see somebody do something different with it. Uh, I'd put Train to Basan. Oh, cool. Cool. Yeah, I really liked that movie. Like, it almost made me cry. Like, the whole, like, father dynamic, like, with the end of the movie, I was like, damn it, like, you're going to fucking get me crying in, in a zombie movie. Mm-hmm. I just, like, I liked the action in it. Like, I was like, fuck, this is, like, really cool. Like, and, like, we talked about, like, the the dynamics that they play with, with, like, you know, comparing, like, how the humans are behaving with each other and how, like, their actions are mirroring the zombies. And I was like, this is fucking genius. Like there it's working on a different level. It's a bummer that what you told me about Peninsula being like a huge step down. Cause yeah. I thought that, I thought that this was like a very cool, maybe not elevated in the same way, like hereditary is, but I thought it was like really cool what they were doing with the genre. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I know. Yeah, yeah. It's, um, it's funny that you have it there because I have at my number four. Oh, <laughs> perfect. There you yeah. go. Train to Basan's my number four. Everything that you just said, I wanted to tell you this though. I mentioned like I think I think Peninsula like maybe the first Train to Basan is a fluke because Peninsula is awful and like it feels like very Americanized. Like it just feels like they're going for like it. It falls into all the trappings that a sequel would. Yeah. But uh, it also just feels very like Americanized in it and loses a lot of kind of like like that the weirdness and like that, that like Korean films are. Mm-hmm. but like I was watching, I was like, this just feels very American. And then during the climax again, it takes place like entirely like in like Hong Kong, I'm pretty sure. And it's like the like post apocalypse at the end of the movie. They're fucking like, there's a car chase. Did I tell you about this? I don't you think did. I did, but there's a car chase at the end and the dude's wearing a devil's hat. He's wearing a New Jersey devil's hat. Oh shit. They were catering to you. They were, I guess. And so. you still couldn't like it. No, I couldn't. But yeah, my number four is Train to Basan. Okay, my number four, and again, these are all tied for number one, uh, so it doesn't. It literally doesn't matter. Like they're all the same. Uh, I'll say The Witch. Oh, cool. Yeah, love that movie. Love it even more now that I've been reading the screenplay. It's fucking awesome. I'm sure I've talked about it a bunch. Yeah, The Witch was an, like honorable mention for me. Like, it it just wasn't in the top five, but I do really like that one. That was one I thought about. Also nice. very stoked for his next movie because he's doing like Viking theme and I think yeah. he's gonna kill that. So uh my number three is probably the most mainstream out of all the movies, but I just I really, really liked it. And um somehow that I liked it better than the original, but it chapter one. Okay, very cool. Yeah. That one doesn't make it for me. Yeah, it's 
again, for that, like, take out the clown and stuff, there's still the whole dynamic behind between the kids and, like, bullies and, and their relationship and all that. So I, 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 you know, I really love that. I ended up thinking, like, this is going to be a jump scare fest, and there are a shit ton of jump scares, but there's, like, a like a really good heart to that movie and a lot yeah. of funny, like, lines and stuff, too. So, yeah, that's my number three. All right, cool. My number three, tied for number one, like the rest of them, uh, Get Out. Nice. Yeah, that pro- that probably does deserve to be like a number one, just based on like like how it's shot and like the craft and everything and the writing on that. But like I said, they're all tied for number one at this point. From four four to one, they're all number one. They're like I can't pick a favorite out of them. Yeah, it's good that you said that because my number two is Get Out. Awesome, yeah. perfect. <laughs> so everything you said, nice. What's your number two? My number two is Hereditary. Oh, nice. My number one's hereditary. <laughs> okay, cool. <laughs> yeah. My number one, I'm surprised wasn't in your top five, but uh, I think I only put it at number one in this instance. Again, they're all tied at number one because I'm pretty sure I gave it my first ever duty. And in terms of like how I felt about the movie watching it, and I watched both of these movies, hereditary and this back to back on the same day. Mm-hmm. And this movie like, made me tear up like it hit me on an emotional level and it was doing like a lot of really cool stuff and another directorial debut but a quiet place yeah for a second i was like what what movies is oh okay yeah man that's it's a cool pick i'm really excited for the sequel yeah me too we haven't seen it but we know some people who got to see it the week before the shutdown because that's when the premiere was jealous and people have said that it's better than the first one oof that's a that's I don't want to believe that because I don't want to get my hopes up. I just want to see it. I love Killian Murphy. Like I love like the people that they added to the cast. I think they're great additions. They're people who I like really appreciate their work. Mm-hmm. I just want to know. I just want to see it. Like that first trailer, like with the car driving backwards, just the way that that shot. Like you could already see the craft behind this this one, and like I just want to. I just want to get into it. Like I want to see it. Yeah. Early, early, like kind of a word is that they think that John Krasinski not being really in it that much. I think he's in flashback scene and stuff, but like gave him more opportunity to like really like nail down like the cinematography, the writing on the movie and stuff like that. And so, yeah, a lot of people, I mean, we'll see if it's hyperbole or not. A lot of people are saying it's better than the first one. Awesome. Well, that's something to look forward to for 2021. Hopefully that does get released, but we got, we got we got to get back on schedule with the releases. That's definitely my fault. We've been uh, putting out episodes late. We've been recording them later in the week, but we, we got a nice little schedule set up for us. As long as these studios stay honest to releasing them, I think we'll be good. But, mm-hmm. you know, we'll keep our fingers crossed. Obviously, if we have gap weeks, we might be hitting up the Swampies again soon for some more brackets, some more topics that we can do. So stay tuned for that. Follow us on Instagram at two dudes movie reviews. If you want to, you can follow my personal Instagram at sky two dudes. And you can follow me at Colin two dudes. That's right. And you can check out two dudes movie reviews.com. If you want to see our merch, if you want to win free merch, you can give us a five star review on Apple podcast written review. Cause that's how you like enter a screen name and stuff. And that's how we pick the winners. Mm-hmm. That is always appreciated. We love that. We got new merch up there. Quentin Tarantino shirt is, is out <laughs> and you can get it as a mask too. Yeah. So do all that stuff. Stay safe. Keep listening. And until then suck it swampies.
I wish there was a timer. You know what I want to get is um like those those red LED like like how the scoreboards look. They make those like tickers mm-hmm. that are like a stopwatch. I want to get one and put it up on my wall. Like right when you walk in that way, like I can watch the ticker, like count counting up and like keep track of the time as we're going. Yeah. And then also like when I'm fucking in here, I can time myself. <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like that'd be sweet. <laughs> I'd be like, damn, the boy went a whole three minutes. <laughs> you're just like I'd, you say you're just like, oh, I don't want to come yet. And like, why? It's like, I haven't beaten my personal best. <laughs> oh, oh, my God. I have like a, a, a chalkboard underneath. Yeah, yeah. And it's just got all of my best times. <laughs> it has it has times, but then there's like different names underneath. And it's just like, who are you timing? I'm like, oh, those are my bros. I let my bros come over and, and use the clock. clock. <laughs> what, what do you do with it? Oh, they hold their breath. <laughs> that one says 14 minutes. <laughs> <laughs> Don't ask too many questions about it. <laughs> no, I try to um I try to always finish. I'm a huge Stone Cold Steve Austin fan, so I always try to finish at three minutes and sixteen seconds. Oh, okay. <laughs> and if I if I go one second past that, then the next goal is four minutes and twenty seconds. I knew that's what you were gonna say. <laughs> it's a, you either get three minutes and sixteen seconds or four minutes and twenty seconds out of me, girl. <laughs> I'm trying to think of another number type thing, but I don't know. I would I would do six six six, but that would be seven minutes and six seconds technically. <laughs> uh, it doesn't work the same. Same, yeah. <laughs> <laughs>